uh, look, Mr. Miscavige, Mr. Cruz, I would never say that the book was bad. I don't mean to say besmirch the book in any way. I just think that the movie isn't exactly what it... I, All right. Are we rolling, but on a Thursday? We're rolling on a Thursday. Shit, we're back. Is All it right. time to go to church? Is it time to go to church? I think it's time to on go to Thursday? church. On a Thursday? On a Thursday. Church of Scientology. <laughs> have you gotten your diegetics? Not yet. Test, Isaac? Yeah, I, I need to. I, have you signed the billionaire contract yet? I've, uh, yeah, I actually sold our podcast to them. Wonderful. All right. You think Disney will be okay with that? Oh, fuck. They're going to go to war over the boys, <laughs> over the rights to the boys. Who knows? Maybe Disney is Scientology. I mean, the good, the bad, and the boys. Great. I called us the boys, and now Amazon's got some skin in the game. Oh, right. Copyright. Now Prime Video's coming for us. <laughs> but yes, we are, we are this, the good, the bad, and the boys. <laughs> We're back. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> we are. Welcome back to the good, the bad, the boys. We're your hosts. I'm Isaac. I'm Taryn. And we are. <laughs> God damn it. I think we need a good soul searching right now. We, <laughs> our Dianetics are off. Man. I need a, I need a stress test. I need, yeah. I need, <laughs> God damn it! Speaking of stress tests, uh, yeah, we decided to do a little uh, apocalyptic twenty twenty type movies uh, every week. We're splitting it. Likely scenarios. Yeah, likely scenarios. We are our predictions for the remainder of December. Yep. So one of these, <laughs> one of the predictions today, uh, we thought we would. Uh, Turn to the more cult aspect. What did you watch, Taryn? <laughs> what, what was what was this uh, adventure? Oh, you went baby! On? So you watched Reign of Fire, which we discussed on Monday. Yes. And uh, as my as part of my uh, slow descent into madness, the bad <laughs> movie that I watched this week is Battlefield Earth, Ooh. starring uh, John Travolta, Barry Pepper, and Forrest Whitaker of all people. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's even a Scientologist. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. But yes, Battlefield Earth is a 2000 science fiction action film. Um, about a greaser who befriends a schoolgirl. They meet over the summer. <laughs> and there's a lot of musical uh, cues. No, I'm just loving. kidding. Happened summer so loving. fast. Human genocide had me a blast. <laughs> it is based on the best selling novel, the multi million copy selling novel by. The man, the myth, the legend himself, L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, yes. Famous science fiction writer. I think he did an album for something. And the founder of the Church of Scientology. Every time I walk Hollywood Boulevard, there is uh, a free museum of L. Ron Hubbard. 
that uh, the Scientologists stand outside and they offer you in. I've never, <laughs> I've never taken their offer, but I know I would never come out of that museum. It's very scary. <laughs> So there's a very looming... <laughs> they just make you watch Battlefield Earth. <laughs> yes, yeah, they just... <laughs> that's their brainwash. They use that device that John Travolta uses in this movie. To just... uh, yes, the, yes, the learning machine. The learning, the knowledge beam. Knowledge. Knowledge. All right, well, I would like to give a brief, a brief history on the movie-making <laughs> process of Battlefield Earth. Please indulge us. Because it's honestly us. more entertaining than the movie. There's more lore, and you know, I love lore. I'll dig it up. There's more lore behind the making of this movie, and it's more interesting than what's actually presented in the film. Film is a strong mm. word. Yes, <laughs> there is more, a lot of... I would rather watch a movie about the making of Battlefield Earth <laughs> than watch Battlefield Earth. The behind so Battlefield the scenes. Earth, it's, it's a bad movie, but it's not a bad movie to watch. It's not like some other movies I've reviewed on here, like The Last Thing He Wanted and Massacre at the Grand Canyon, where they're just boring. It's the story, the script is very boring, but the way it's presented to us, the audience, is one of the most entertaining viewing experiences I've had all year. So bad it's good, I would categorize this movie as, <laughs> and it's for a number of reasons. So Battlefield Earth. It is written by J.D. Shapiro and Corey Mandel. And J.D. Shapiro, his most famous works are like Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That is big one for this. Oh, so we wow. got him and we got Corey Mandel. And Corey Mandel's only, the only thing he has attributed to his name on his IMDb is this movie. <laughs> this was his, this was the start and finish to his writing career. Wow. <laughs> More or less. This was the largest budget movie he's worked on. Oh man, no one wants him after that beautiful, beautiful after story. After this masterpiece. I can't even imagine. Can't even Why imagine? wouldn't they? Oh my God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yes, J.D. Shapiro had written Robin Hood, Men in Tights before this, and we got Corey Mandel, a previously unknown writer who had many almost made scripts that he said, as he claimed in an interview, many scripts that almost got made but didn't quite. And so that's what we got. We got a comedic writer and we got an unknown. And that's, and they come together, throw in a little scientific propaganda, and we got a masterpiece, baby. Mm. So, Corey Mandel, I watched an interview with him asking what happened what happened with battlefield earth why was it so fucking bad <laughs> and it came out in 2000 based off the book written by l ron hubbard and i think i think that book was published in 1980 hmm. but it didn't previously have any scientology influence at the time oh, okay. the script was picked up by i believe fox and they had reassured the writers many times that there would be no Scientology influence. It's just uh, you know, it's a sci-fi okay. action that, adventure movie. Okay, because yeah, I, I I assumed that this was L. Ron Hubbard's um predictions for three thousand eighty or whatever <laughs> whenever this takes place. It, yeah, yeah. This is and and would you like to hear about the Scientology behind <laughs> behind the book? There's uh -huh. not much of it shown in the film, but I did some research. I did some research on the book, and it's. It was written after, you know, he wrote Dianetics in 1950, and then this one came out in 1980, I believe, and it was all just about shitting on the concept of <laughs> psychiatry. Your boy, <laughs> L. Ronnie, L. Ronnie boy, as he's called on the streets, Lil Ron, mm. uh, he did not like 
psychiatrist at all. He thought psychiatry was a hack (laughs) profession. He thought that despite them not knowing anything about the human brain, that they were somehow capable of like mind controlling people and that psychiatrists would one day take over the world and provide a new world order. Wow. If we didn't all subscribe to Dianetics. So he in turn became a psychiatric hack himself. He became the very thing he swore to. I would not dare besmirch the good name of L. Ron Hubbard or the Church of Scientology, but you, the listener, are free to make your own opinions on the subject. <laughs> but uh, some some synopsis of Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth takes place in the year 3000. The book was, I believe, initially titled um, Mankind or Humanity and Endangered Species or something. But it takes place after some aliens called the... Uh, Cyclos, ah, yes, the Cyclos, a name eerily Cyclos. similar to Sykes, <laughs> psychiatrists, <laughs> psychologists. <laughs> These Cyclos wow. are a that, brutal, okay. That makes sense now. Yes, all, a brutal connecting dictator race of giant humanoid aliens. They've uh, they're kind of like they're like the brutes from Halo. In the book, they're described as nine feet tall and like a thousand pounds. In the movie, it's just John Travolta in stilts and really shitty prosthetics. And that's it. I <laughs> guess they like were Klingons or something. Yeah, yeah they look like the Sarians from Star Wars, but hairier. <laughs> yeah, they where they do. got like the big penis <laughs> yeah, they heads. Do. They're just they're just really hairy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Except for the face, everyone has like it's like a shitty goatee and dreadlocks. That's what everyone has. Yeah, don't they have like stilts too? Like big old boot Frankenstein. Yeah, boots? they got like the Frankenstein oh. boots walking that they're walking around in, and they all just wobble about. We're supposed to believe that this is like some superior race to humans in the movie. John Travolta says, for all your advanced technologies and for all your armies, humanity was only able to put up a measly nine-minute fight <laughs> against us before they were destroyed. <laughs> and yet, like, a bunch of little, like, barbarian shitheads who know fuck all about anything managed to overthrow them. But we'll get into that in a bit. Okay. So some aliens took over Earth, like, a thousand years ago. They've been ruling the planet and stripping it of its natural resources. He, all of human culture has been lost because they are either exterminated taken as slaves or reduced to like uh, just a tribal life in the wilderness to try and avoid the cyclos. So they're basically, it's like some Horizon Zero Dawn shit where they're just like living out in the in the woods. They're like barbarians now at this point. They all are. <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> the cyclos are run by sort of this brutal elite cast called the, the Catrists. Almost like cyclo is psych and Catris is the Atrist and psychiatrist. Mm. <laughs> You're really, really on the nose there, L boy. <laughs> but uh, yes. So the Cyclos <laughs> yeah. are only such a brutal, evil race because they're being mind controlled by the psychiatrists of their race <laughs> into <laughs> just being little shitheads. <laughs> they use, in the book, it's described that they use surgical mind control, like lobotomies mm-hmm. or electroshock therapy to maintain their, like, dictatorial power base over both the Cyclos and the humans. <laughs> so this is... Re- <laughs> this book is really just like uh, what what L. Ronnie boy thought would happen if psychiatry is allowed to subsist in the world. But the Cyclos are like a intergalactic yes. regime. Or, or <laughs> maybe he's just so scared that after his whole Scientology religion, and he'd oh, be admitted well, to make sure... a psychiatric ward. <laughs> He's just totally against it. He's like, don't, don't question, don't question my, just, yeah, I'll take my away. ideas. They're like Disney. I'm completely and sane. Now, and now it's the Church of Scientology does that shit. You've become the very yes. thing you swore to destroy. 
You were like my brother, Hubbard. <laughs> I loved you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I loved you. Uh, there's also a quote here on... You were the chosen you're supposed one. You were to supposed to bring, bring Dianetics. Bring balance to Dianetics, not destroy it. <laughs> destroy it? Supposed to destroy psychology, not Oof. join them. Oof. Well, <laughs> yes, and uh, at one point in the book, a little bit in the movie, it's like sort of oh. a reference, but in the book, it's a more of a plot point. They go and they, they learn about human history, the humans, as, a, as they attempt to combat their cyclo-overlords. Uh, and they learn about something called a cult, the cult of psychology. But it is forgotten now. Mm. In, in 1980, after he finished writing the book, um, he was talking to, to his homies behind, you know, the Scientology closed doors. And this is a quote from L. Ron Hubbard. I was a bit disgusted with the way the psychologists and brain surgeons mess people up, so I wrote a fiction story based in part on the consequences that could occur if the shrinks continued to do it. So that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's a be- Wow. Well, you know, maybe, I mean, he might have a point, though, because, you know, maybe back in the 50s, maybe even in the 80s, whenever he wrote this book or whatever, published it, you know, I, I don't think mental health was treated in a very good sense, perhaps. So he might, I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, perhaps. I think I understand maybe it's where like, he's uh, coming from, but still. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it was the 50s, situation. you know, your woman burns dinner, you lobotomize her. That's just how it went. Maybe L. Ron Hubbard, <laughs> as a kid, he was subjected to like oh some like fucking nurse ratchet from under, for one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of <laughs> medical experience. Oh, and then now he wrote out oh, probably this. probably got electroshock oh, my pens got to him i don't know something happened to, to our, our boy to hubby rubber my hubby but yes so those are like sort of the <laughs> scientology hubby. themes and uh, i think that those themes are falsely attributed to this movie because those um those psychological you know anti-psychiatrist aspects are not really seen at all in the film and that's in part, I think, due to those writers who are not Scientologists. One of them is like a satire writer. And the other one is in an interview said that he took on this script because if he didn't, he might not get another job ever. He was saying, like, if you got a certain number of, of you know, un- <laughs> unpurchased scripts on your on your record, then you're you're not no one's going to buy them because then they start attributing that to your writing ability. All right. Yeah, don't well, got to worry he, about that uh, anymore. You didn't have to Mandel. worry because he never got hired again. <laughs> but yeah, so it was bought out by Fox. They wrote, you know, a science fiction uh, action adventure film and they gave it to him. And at some point in between the them handing over the script to the production studio, and this movie was produced by Travolta. He helped produce it. But again, those guys were assured that Scientology would play no part in the uh, production of the movie. Maybe Travolta just wanted to make it. And this was back in, I think, the 80s. It was shortly after the book came out that Travolta, young Travolta, wanted to make the movie, and he wanted to be the name character. The main character of this film, oh, fuck, what's his name? It's like Johnny, Johnny Boy. Hmm. Johnny Goodboy Tyler is the name of, uh, what a name, yeah. <laughs> what like, a name. Yeah, they all have like some weird names in there. I think one of them's called fucking, the main cyclo is named what is it, uh, like Tell or something, and Kerr. Yeah, it's Turl. That's John Travolta's character. But John Travolta back in the 80s initially wanted to play Johnny Goodboy mm-hmm. Tyler. This is when he was young, he was handsome, but due to some budgetary or whatever reasons, he couldn't do it. So then they're reproducing the movie back in like 1999. They got the script for it, 
something fell through. I believe it's some puppetry on the part of the on the church's part. Maybe Tom Cruise got to him. He mission impossible his way into the Fox studio and assassinated someone. But anyway, Fox dropped the project. So there was no oh, actual sure. like studio with this thing attached to it. It's out of the writer's hands. The script is made. And I think the only person who really like had creative control mm. over it during this weird limbo time was none other than John Travolta himself. Oh. <laughs> through, some, uh, through some spiritual guidance. The movie, you know, it ends up getting made. Uh, Franchise Pictures ends up producing it. (laughs) Franchise Pictures are known for a number of films. One of the, I think their best ones being um, Boondock Saints. They've made Boondock Saints, The Whole Nine Yards, Hmm. um, and Heist with Danny DeVito. So they made good movies, but they also made Battlefield Earth. So (laughs) there's really only so much you can can give them with that. (laughs) So they end up with so the rights. Can, yeah, John Travolta ends up with, with a lot of point. creative control, which means that David Miscavige, head of the Church of Scientology, <laughs> ends up with a lot of creative control. Oh, no. David Miscavige micromanaged every single facet of this movie. Every shot, every frame, every little detail of uh. a Hollywood action film was managed by the head of a church. Yeah. Definitely and so what we have is like this weird miscavige miscarriage of a film and waiting to bust out that one where it was written <laughs> by two non-scientologists trying to write a non-scientology movie but then starring scientologists and micromanaged by the head of the church of scientology and what we get is a movie that doesn't convey any of the themes in l ron hubbard's book but also is too much of like a pure flicks-esque shit show to be considered anything other than like some weird church propaganda movie. <laughs> everyone, everyone, yeah, the reception of this movie was like, oh, it's so bad. <laughs> this has to just be like some Scientology <laughs> propaganda film. But it really wasn't. As I looked at the, you know, the themes in the book and how it relates and stuff, this movie cuts a lot of stuff out, but it also leaves way too much stuff in. This movie's like, I think over two hours long. And it's still like nothing happens. This is like this could have been a television show episode. I think there were like episodes of Star Wars, the Clone Wars that had this exact same plot line that they they banged out in like 40 minutes worth of screen time. <laughs> but no, we got two hours of, of fucking right, John yeah. Travolta. Kind of did feel that. that That's sort of like the weird background yeah. of this movie, the like weird production aspects that just helped make it a nightmare to work on and to distribute. And then once it was out the door, obviously everyone hated it. This bitch won Razzies. The only, <laughs> the only award ever like attributed to the name of the writer of this movie, what's his name? Corey Mandel, one of their writers, is the... Uh, is There was an award? Oh, yeah. It was the Razzie for worst screenplay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Razzie, <laughs> this movie okay, won yeah. Razzies out sense. the asshole. <laughs> so many. <laughs> uh, yep. You could tell a lot of the movie was made by someone who doesn't know how to make movies let's get into it here so the cut let's let's start out with the way it looks which is shitty it looks like shit there's there's like never everyone turn to page one chapter one of your scientology yeah everyone uh and follow along you might want to plug your stress test into for this one your heart rate's <laughs> gonna go up you're gonna want to keep that in mind in case i get assassinated mid-recording 
So <laughs> the color grading in this movie is it's either it's it's like they didn't know there was like a more interior part of the color wheel. It's always either like straight up gray, green, red or blue. There's no in between. There's never just like a neutral lighting or I guess yellow whenever they're out in the desert. They just like crank up the the like mm. color <laughs> correction to match like whatever the background is. So it just looks like I don't know, it looks like there's just a filter over the camera the whole time. And it really throws it off. <laughs> and it'll change like back and forth in the same scene between shots. There's this one scene where they're they're like hanging out in an abandoned city. They're all sitting around the fire, eating some like frog or something, just chilling. The whole screen is like bathed in red. Why? Good question. But it's just the Humies they're talking. There's like three of them. And then all of a sudden, they hear someone come in. They turn around. They see a shadow of one of the aliens shoot a gun at them. And then when it cuts back to the people around the fire, the entire screen has been color corrected to green. There's like no lighting to change this. Nothing. You can tell it's just the same lighting. They just like, wow. they just greened it the fuck up <laughs> for no reason. And then it goes back to normal. <laughs> Very <laughs> abrupt. Someone gets yeah. shot. And it's just really like <laughs> jarring weird. all the transitions. The CGI looks like shit. Oof. Yeah, even for like a movie that came out in 2000, it does not look good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, there were not a lot of practicals in the, uh, yeah. like in just sort of you know, the action I, sequence. Actually, part. not going to lie, I didn't, I didn't mind that whole like, what was it? The whole plane, uh, dome, Death Star trench run. So, no, it's kind of, it's kind of exciting. In Star Wars or in this? <laughs> oh no, in this, <laughs> the whole dome sequence. Uh, yes. I, I thought it was was too. When bad, the human but... <laughs> barbarians learn how to become fighter pilots over the course of seven days, and uh, <laughs> take yeah, their so, right, seven... take their jets out to go do combat with the alien race. Makes total sense. Yeah, it's that they would be familiar with with. Uh, and and it's crazy that the fighter planes are like intact and ready to fly. Yep, just rip fueled up, ready to go over the course of a thousand years. Uh, I was looking up fun facts of this movie. <laughs> um, not pertinent to the plot. I wouldn't have noticed if I didn't read it. But you know, it's something nonetheless. When they the humans at some point they go to Fort Hood to arm up for their their assault against the the Cyclo base, which is in Denver. They have a different atmosphere. Um, mm. so they have a Denver like domed off so that they could put their alien atmosphere in there. And the the fighter jets that they find in Fort Hood, a U.S. Army base, are jets exclusively used by the U.S. Marine Corps. So an Army base would not have those jets. That's your fun fact for the day. Forget what they're called. T something. Gotcha. DJ. Okay. Uh, fuck if okay. I know. So so wrong model. School. Wrong aircraft model. Wrong kind of aircraft. Rock to a great start. Yes. In the climax of the movie, they also the alien atmosphere chain reacts to the presence of even the most minor amount of radiation. So they take a nuclear warhead into through a teleporter to their home planet to detonate, to just blow up their planet. And uh, they remove it from a Predator missile, but the U.S. military specifically designs their warheads to not be removable from missiles so that people can't do things exactly like they do. So that's your other fun fact for the day, is that nuclear warheads are not removable from missiles. Hopefully, hopefully Russia didn't already know that, because they will now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, country. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Sir. Yeah, oopsies. <laughs> Selling secrets. Nice. Yeah. Making it public. Yeah. Right. So overall, the CGI just looks shitty. It's like worse than the Star Wars prequels, which were almost all filmed on like blue screen. And then it was just <laughs> sort of shoved in oh, in definitely. post. It's a lot like that. 
which, yeah, that, that takes it away. The few practicals that are in there, which I think is mostly just the alien makeup, is also not good. Again, in the book, the cyclos were described as nine feet tall and 1,000 pounds. And in the movie, it's just John Travolta with like a big penis head covered in dreadlocks and some Frankenstein stilt boots. And we're, I don't know, we're just supposed to kind of let that suspension of disbelief go. And John Travolta was initially supposed to be uh, the the protagonist of the movie. You know, whatever, like good boy Johnny, Johnny Two Shoes, whatever his fucking name is. Uh, But that was in the 80s. You know, when he was in his prime, when this movie was filmed in, you know, the late 90s, he was a little, little, little after that. So he became the villain yeah, of the movie. Season. He's got his Pulp Fiction, you know, he just did Pulp Fiction, did some of those uh, yeah, Tarantino movies. So he's, it's not that young. Yeah, not as young. You know, hip the Pulp Fiction, that we know heroin of. method acting, didn't yeah. do, didn't do him. Kind of, I actually don't know if he method acted drugs for Pulp Fiction. That was a, that was a lie. I, I wouldn't, don't, don't believe me. Don't believe anything I say. So, yes. So, John Travolta is now the villain of the movie. And the leading man goes to Barry Pepper, who was... <laughs> he was Daniel Jackson in Saving Private Ryan. He was he was the corrections officer in The Green Mile, I think. So, he has, like, a pretty good oh, track okay. record with movies up to that point. Yeah. And it's literally, yeah, Saving Private Ryan 1998, Green Mile 1999. And then that shit just takes a big old dip <laughs> with Battlefield Earth in 2000. <laughs> Battlefield, Battlefield Earth. Earth. Same thing with Forrest Wonderful. Whitaker. Like, why is Forrest Whitaker in this movie? He also plays one of the oh, aliens. No, Forrest Whitaker. That was. He's, I didn't even recognize him yeah, at that, first. That was surprising. So I guess his makeup was was all right. Yeah. Oh, I I sort of did. Yeah, with his. With yeah, he looked familiar. I definitely didn't get eye. the. I was like, oh, I was like, is that Forrest that Whitaker? Forrest no, that can't be. No, he wouldn't he be wouldn't in this be. movie. Yeah, you think? Nah. You fucking think? Ooh. Yeah. Forrest, what are you doing? <laughs> Ooh. What is it? And the director, Roger Christensen, I believe. He worked on the original Star Wars and Alien. Mm. Yeah. And he'd worked the second unit for Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, Battle, Battlefield okay. Earth ruined a lot of careers, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Battlefield <laughs> Earth was ba- really it ruined. Yeah. It was wow. bad news for a lot of people. The studio included. Would, would yeah. you like to hear about a little studio scandal? Oh, please. Yes. So, like I said, Fox lost the rights for reasons to Battlefield Earth. They're no longer the production studio. That great oh, honor dang. went it expired yeah, it went to franchise pictures and those were the people expired all those years of no production <laughs> <laughs> yes the the great honor went to franchise pictures the people who made boondock saints heist and whole nine yards and the thing about them is following the financial failure of battlefield earth the uh the federal the feds got involved that's how bad it was said the federal bureau of investigation <laughs> oh wow <laughs> probed them because apparently one of their oh, German just... investors, entertainment, spelled with an I, had agreed to pay 40%, 47% of the production costs in exchange for having the European distribution rights. And they didn't even want to pay for Battlefield Earth. They wanted to pay for two other movies that Franchise Pictures was developing. And Franchise was like, uh, it's called a bundle, mm. baby. You want these two? You got to buy this one as well. <laughs> it's like... Uh, it's like trying to take a hot girl out and like her at a party you're trying to talk to her and like her fat friends there that's battlefield earth battlefield earth oh, is yep. the fat friend oh, gotcha <laughs> yeah what is it uh yeah art of war and the whole nine yards they wanted to be able to distribute those in europe to well-received movies 
and they had to pay for Battlefield Earth to get the, to <laughs> to produce those ones too. They're like, you want these? You got Battlefield like, Earth. Oh God. Yeah. So I mean, franchise Never really again. just swindled Battlefield Earth into existence. They made other people buy it yeah, in order to get uh, the other two, yeah. and and it's pretty dick yeah, move. Entertainment had agreed to pay forty seven percent of the production cost because franchise had sent them 40 said that's almost half yeah and franchise Jesus got them to pay Christ. for even more they ended up paying between 60 and 90 percent because franchise studios <laughs> told them that the budget was 75 million when in fact the budget of battlefield earth was 44 million dollars so that wow. extra what like 31 million dollars happening just went into the pockets of like franchise executives <laughs> because so wow. they cheaped out on the making of Battlefield Earth. It just, it just disappeared. Yep, swindled it into existence. Basically just like bamboozled this German entertainment like production company into paying to make it. <laughs> Kept the profits. <laughs> it's like some producer's shit. Again, I would much rather watch a movie about the making of Battlefield Earth than I would want to watch Battlefield Earth. Oh, Earth. my God. That'd be so successful. That'd be like a... This yeah. movie literally feels like a producer's two like sequel. the room or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... like the. The, the oh, room, the James uh, Franco, the room. With, with the, yeah, the James Franco <laughs> the one. Of the yeah, I forget his his documentary yes. stuff. Yeah, it'd be that. That would that would be. A big I want hit to see a Scientology mockumentary of the making of Battlefield Earth, but I know yes. whoever writes the script will be Make it executed happen. in their sleep. It, I'm, I'm sure like Seth Rogen would totally pick oh, that up. Or, yeah. you know, have his. I'm sure James I'm Franco start harassing him on that. Twitter. <laughs> Maybe James James Franco would be a uh, younger John Travolta. A young John Travolta, yes. <laughs> Something. And then Maybe we'll get Tom Cruise to be in it. Perhaps. We'll tell him it's like a different thing. We'll just have him shoot a few scenes, yeah. and we won't give him the whole script. And Perfect. then it'll come out. He's gonna be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck did I sign on for?" I can see it all now. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. So and entertainment spelled with an I was obviously really butthurt about this. And they took franchise pictures to court. And they were in like a brutal court battle for like, I don't know, like four or five years. They ended up walking away Ooh. with, it was $121.7 million that they got from franchise pictures. And Ooh, take that. Yeah, the head of franchise was liable to pay for $77 million of that <laughs> personally. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't happy with that. They wanted to take wow. them. They wanted to get them like indicted for racketeering, <laughs> influencing corrupt organizations, wow. which would have trebled damages. Yeah. It's a statute that permits a court to triple the amount of compensation, <laughs> compensatory damages to be awarded to the plaintiff. So they were they were taking them to court to triple Jeez. that number. That is how pissed off that they were. Wow. They yeah, franchise kicked the fucking hornet's oh, nest man. with Battlefield Earth when they tried to bamboozle really that German company. They got financially yeah. blitzkrieged after that. Franchise franchise was it worth uh, it? they went bankrupt, so it? I don't think so. What do you guys What think? do you guys think? Do you think you could pull yeah. If you were to write, What do you guys think? Was it worth it? If you could come up with a better idea, a better concept for a sequel to the producers, I like to fucking hear it cuz this is gold right here. This is more entertaining. <laughs> this, is, this is a wild this is little tale about that. Oh, I just man. Googled Scientology themes in <laughs> Battlefield Earth, and I ended up going down the fucking rabbit hole <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> oh, what a wild God. time. That is that is insane. Maybe they were taking inspiration yeah. from L. Ron Hubbard because, you know, Elboy, not one to let the psychiatrist win, Pulled a similar move with the book. Not really a similar move, but he definitely swindled it to top of the charts. So that's the Church of Scientology could say that they had a multi-million copy best-selling book. 
Uh, a number of bookstores <laughs> and former Scientology members say that the Church of Scientology basically made all of their members like buy three copies each. And some of the larger investors in the church donated wow. exorbitant amounts of money to just have like church goons go to bookstores and buy <laughs> buy Battlefield Earth books by the handful. Amazing. Sometimes bookstores claim that they would get just to get to the yeah, top. they would get copies of they would get like, you know, the shipments of books, but they would already have the bookstore labels, price tag labels on them. Wow. Like they were already sold books that just got shipped back to the store to be purchased again. <laughs> so book sales for Battlefield Earth were Jeez, they're like they they're like the hand. They're like the <laughs> hand. They have their fingers everywhere. Fingers everywhere. <laughs> they, yeah. So the Church of Scientology basically well, Scientology ninjas are yeah, out there. carried the carried the sales of this book on their bags. <laughs> Because reading, uh, reading reviews of this book and also reviews from the time, places like Wall Street Journal and The Economist and stuff, they all didn't really like the book <laughs> that much. <laughs> Who is he? Let's, let's look up some quotes. Uh, the Economist called Battlefield Earth an unsubtle saga, atrociously written, windy, and out of control. <laughs> Just like the movie. Uh, Thomas Easton from science fiction man magazine Analog called it a wish fulfillment fantasy wholly populated by the most one-dimensional and cardboard characters. And I, I will say wow. that just like the movie. Just like the movie. And I actually will say that that's one of the that's one of the points that transferred over to the film because all of the characters are one-dimensional as <laughs> a John Travolta's psycho yeah. security chief of Earth character is just the most comic book villain character. I fucking Robbie Rotten from like Lazy Town is a more compelling villain than this guy. He's got more going <laughs> on than fucking turf or whatever his name is from battlefield oh earth yeah that's and they got like the similar vibe it's just it's funny that he's the one who like made the johnny whatever whoever the the leader is he's the one who like gave him knowledge for some reason yeah he that's kind of his undoing it's very weird that yeah, he did so that. that's that's a <laughs> he just opened up a can of worms with mm -hmm. that and uh, these plot points are in the book everything that happens in the movie is is included in the book. The book just also has a lot more going on. And this is also something I wanted to talk about in regards to why it's a movie. I think we've seen it's I guess it's part of the time, but we've seen a lot of recent times the benefits of other storytelling mediums for these long form stories. We talked about in our episode six our our Daredevil review, the benefits of having something mm -hmm. like a television show where there's more screen time in shorter segments to tell stories like this. And I think if there mm -hmm. were to be, because, I mean, the book, I was reading the synopsis and, and a lot of parts of it. It's not, you know, the best. It's no Dune. It's no <laughs> anything like that. It's not <laughs> great. But I think maybe with some, like, really great production, it could have been a good television show. Because there's a lot that happens in the book. This is a thousand-page paperback novel. And so while a two hour movie about it is long as I don't know if it's really long enough to cover. Yeah. And there's a lot of like space right, yeah, politics. It, it, it feels like it's like a yeah, it feels like it's like in the style of like next generation or that's, that's kind of like some of the you have like kind of the corny. Yeah, it's if they were going to go outfits and whatnot, it just it, they look like Klingons. You know, really and stuff. And like, yeah, it just feels like the I felt like I was watching a Star Trek episode yeah. or something, but which yeah, it was kind of maybe if it yeah, was I don't know. like a televised sci-fi TV show with and they leaned into like the camp elements. <laughs> and if it's a TV show, maybe they have an excuse yeah. for that fucking production value <laughs> budget that we saw yeah, on screen. Perhaps. 
Um, and there was more time <laughs> to, I think, if they took some liberties with the characters, like maybe if Fox, if Fox was in charge of it and not the church who would not dare change anything about Daddy Hubbard's writing, it could be, it could be good. It could be like we talked about on Monday a little more, mm-hmm. a little more compelling characters, add a few extra dimensions, more than right, one would yeah. be nice. And it was just told over like it was some more long form sure. storytelling, like a television show or a miniseries, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it allows you to go more in depth character wise. Yeah, yeah, it would have been decent. It would have been maybe a, a solid little, you know, like six out of 10 television show. It would have been like that one. Uh, what was yeah. that one television show where like the in the future we used up all our resources and they go back in time. And there's like they just start a colony. Oh, where there's right. dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. It was like, oh, gosh, yeah. What was that? Yeah, I, that was an interesting. Yeah, show. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it wasn't, you know, yeah, totally forgot. But yeah, that was that was a cool idea. It was like a masterpiece, but it was like a fun sci-fi television show, little one-off yeah. thing. It was a yeah, just just like Rain Rain of Fire. It's a it's an interesting premise well, and a good so, idea. So, but I gotta say, honestly, I like what we got because this movie is so fucking bad it's fun to watch (laughs) and what they pulled from hubbard's book doesn't it just doesn't work they pulled like the wrong things they pulled like the main story hooks from each perspective because there's a lot that goes on with the humans and there's a lot that goes on with the cyclos in the books there's johnny appleseed whatever his Mm. fucking name is he's got like this rival chief that he has to make peace with slash defeat before he can take on the Cyclos and reclaim Earth. And then Turf, Turl, or whatever fucking John Travolta's character is, is he kind of gets shit on by by the, by the evil psychiatrists of his race. <laughs> They're keeping him down on this shitty planet. Uh, and so he, he does some sort of... Opportunities for renewal. Opportunity. <laughs> and he does like some sort of back backdoor, like, you know, shady Game of Thrones space dealings to try and gain an edge over them. And that's mostly what the book is about, uh, at least the majority of like the first two acts, three acts of the book uh, is like sort of those two stories that come together. And so the whole first hour of the movie is like basically <laughs> setting those story hooks up and then they just pick one to do for the second half for the payoff. So it doesn't really it just doesn't really fit. doesn't make sense because we have the human story that we start with. We got Johnny Boy Wonder. Uh, you know, he leaves his tribe to go out in the world and prove to them that there's not like demons running around or whatever. And then he gets kidnapped by aliens. And then the pacing just comes to a grinding halt when we're introduced to John Travolta's character, because then we <laughs> completely switch perspectives and we just see his like dumbass cyclo space corporate politics of him trying to get off working on this planet and then all the swindling and whatnot. But we don't really know about enough about anyone to care. And all of the cyclos are so comically evil that nothing they do matters. You don't care. But at least they're fun to watch. I'd rather watch the John Travolta stuff over the the fucking Barry Pepper stuff oh, any yeah, day. The, the human. Yeah, over the humans. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least yeah. it's it's funny. Oh, it's funny to watch. Him <laughs> and Forrest Whitaker just have like this dumbass 80s evil movie villain laugh that they do after every sentence. Oh, <laughs> it's yes. just. <laughs> from what i heard david mctavish so much laughter. scientology church leader as he was making this would like just constantly make people watch the clips of like what he's made that day and he's like look at this this is amazing isn't it this is so good and then the movie came out and everyone hated it and tom cruise was like and it was like david putty what the fuck happened and david was like oh i, I didn't have anything to do with that that was that was all travolta 
<laughs> Fuck that guy, am I right? Everyone's just pointing fingers at that. Yeah, it's, it's all just Scientologists, the church, like, pointing fingers, like, oh, we, we, didn't, have, we didn't have anything to do with that. That's not us. We would never. <laughs> yeah, 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 we don't. We Besmirch don't the this. good name of <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard in such a way. <laughs> yeah. We would never. So, I don't know. Was there anything about this movie that that you, you saw that you liked? Aside from the Death Star trench run reference, because of course you would. Yeah, I, th- I think that's about it. I I, I think I kind of liked it. it. Was it was interesting? It was like little little fighter pilots going around with whatever that yeah. dome was and stuff. They called it a dome, but it was very uh-huh. very angular. I, you know, I thought it, I thought it was very decent. angular dome. Yeah, whatever it was. I I didn't I didn't really watch the entirety of this movie. I, mean, I don't blame you. Clips online, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was interesting. I was like, I you could tell that. This was John Travolta's vision for a Star Trek or Star Wars type. Yeah, he's like, movie, oh, but this would be like Scientology Star Wars. Yeah, it almost had like kind of the same shots too, and like the X wings like diving into the trench. It did seem very similar. Who was the person who said they were? It was their movie was going to be the next Star Wars. Fuck, what movie was it? Uh... It was a really bad movie. It came out last year. Whoever made it was like, I thought this was going to be the next Star Wars. I thought it, it might have been like the mummy, like the Tom Cruise oh, mummy. <laughs> one of them. Yeah, it was probably right. Yeah, it was probably one of the one of the studios trying to something. Yeah, some I'm sure, I'm some sure dumb it was like shit. the first entry into a, a franchise yeah, <laughs> that they were trying to establish. So that sounds about right with the mummy. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. I guess if I was to give this movie a praise, I didn't mind the soundtrack. I thought that was pretty it was it was fun to listen to. It's kind of like the oh, it's kind of like the yeah. Batman v Superman soundtrack, where it doesn't fit with the movie at all, but it's like more entertaining <laughs> okay. than the movie is at times. Kind of like that, sure. like whatever the pacing just comes to a yeah. screeching halt, and there's just like some dumbass contrived plot points that they're talking about. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> then yeah, then the music's the most entertaining part. <laughs> that and I guess Travolta's performance, he's really giving it at all. Is is all here with his god awful oh, yeah. script. Oh, definitely. And his god-awful makeup and just everything around him is crumbling. <laughs> he's, he's very funny to watch in this <laughs> you movie. You can just tell that. Yeah, this is... Right, this yeah. Is, you can tell that Forrest Whitaker was, like, sort of trying to be subtle with his uh, yeah. performance, too, in a way. I got like, that he just to, gave up and was having trying, fun trying with his it. best. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's kind of like, like Willem yeah. Dafoe in The Last Thing He Wanted, where he's just, he's just memeing. He's memeing and dreaming. Mm-hmm, yep. But I, I don't know. I kind of don't. This is a bad <laughs> movie. At that point, you kinda I kind of just... don't want to spoil too much because I, this is definitely one I'd recommend getting drunk and watching with your friends. Oh, this is a great drinking this game movie. This is an excellent get drunk to movie. This is on one of this is one of the worst movies ever made. It's on the list, and it's one of those <laughs> so bad it's good ones. It's boring at times mm. from a plot and a script perspective, but just the way everything's presented and how just comically bad it all is it's i wasn't super there was only a few times i was like really just bored enough with it i was like god there's something else i could be doing but during a lot of scenes mm. just the acting the script the production value the editing especially the editing's really weird like half the shots in this in this movie are dutch angles or like just like these weird angled shots oh yeah it's always angled it's like all angled i don't <laughs> know why the entire i don't know if it was almost. maybe like miss cabbage yeah. or something who was like oh yeah this is art. We're making art here in this place. <laughs> this is a place of science and art. But Yeah, you know, kind of puts you a little bit, you know, kind of disorient to you a little bit. Yeah, if you're a fan of, and... of L. Ron Hubbard or his uh, or his hero, Sigmund Freud, known psychopath, 
Sigmund Freud. Uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> give us a give us a message on social media, and and see. Just let us know, like you know, what are the inner meanings of Battlefield Earth that I missed, that myself, a heretical yes. person, could have missed in this fine film. A non-church member. A non-church goer. Heretic. A non-believer. Uh, if it is compelling enough, I will give you Isaac's address and you can drag him over to the Church of Scientology yourself. Wonderful. But you got to convince me. You got to convince me. It's, it's not far. This it's movie's not far good. from my location. It's not good. So. That's your hint. <laughs> I just doxed Isaac. Any, any, anything you'd like to add to the <laughs> to this fine film? Uh, if you are ever um, walking around Hollywood Boulevard and you see a Church of Scientology member... Um, just walk the other way, across the street, and continue walking, whatever direction you were going. Um, if they offer you free museums, probably 90% of the time you won't exit the building if you take their free museum um, tickets. Um, they also offer free stress tests. You probably won't uh, be yourself after after that. They probably like brainwash you, and you're, you're a permanent member. So just uh, stay away from those buildings. Uh, it's a fair warning to you all. Or else you'll end up in, you'll end up as a cast member in Battlefield Earth. In Battlefield Earth too. <laughs> that was all. That was yep. all the background characters, like the human slaves in cages, are actually just people who tried to leave the church. They're not acting. They're they're actually church. <laughs> those cries for yeah, help. No, those are real. No, uh, yep. Yeah, those are. Those those are. It's very sad. <laughs> Don't be one of those. Sad people. to see, but <laughs> stay I, away. You know, I have the opposite. I have the opposite message for you guys. Isaac wants you to stay away. I say there, it's church is your only hope. Stay away from psychiatrists. Because as we've seen <laughs> in the good book, that psychiatrists, if they take over, this is what's next, all right? The psychosecatrists, as they're called in the, and, and as they're so subtly and nuancedly called in the film, they take over. So unless you want humanity to become a sociopathic, intergalactic race of, of slave drivers, then... Take your stress test, cancel that appointment with your with your shrink, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, I give this movie like a fucking two God out of ten. It. Horrendous God movie. God damn it, Terry. God. Did you go get a stress test the last time you visited me? Yeah, and you know what they told me, Isaac? They told me. Did you do it? They told me your blasphemy <laughs> is what's ruining my life. <laughs> That's what they told me. Oh, I see. Yeah. So. Wow. They turned you you against me. I've brought peace, justice and security to my new podcast your new podcast <laughs> all right should probably cut it before we end up reenacting wow. all of revenge of the sith because we will probably oh we will do it we'll do it just for you guys <laughs> oh yes uh well yeah um i hate you <laughs> so what so what uh, what's the stress test rating you'd give this movie i give this Terry? movie a stress test rating i'd give it uh i give it probably a, a two out of ten. This is my lowest ranked review so far, but my highest recommended. Wow, highest recommended, lowest ranking. Wonderful. So bad, it's good. So bad, amazing. It's great. Awesome. Well, that's well, that's good. If you guys are listening to this, uh, comment below if you've you've been indoctrinated in the Church of Scientology and have yes, comment have, uh, your favorite moment to this movie. What's your what's your opinion? What's your opinions on this movie? Yeah, what's your favorite? your favorite uh l ron hubbard lore yeah let us know give me some give me some comments below. some hubby lore love to read about it some hubby scientology lore yeah taryn will soak that up well you're my brother isaac awesome. i loved you but 
I'll, I'll <laughs> I love you. See, see you later. Goodbye. Do the defendants have anything to say on their behalf before the court pronounces sentence? I would like to say something, Your Honor, not on my behalf, but in reference to my partner, Mr. Sprague. Proceed. <clears throat> Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Mr. Sprague is the most selfish man I have ever met in my life. Not only is he a liar, and a cheat, and a scoundrel, and a crook who has taken money from little old ladies. He has also talked people into doing things, especially me, that they would never in a thousand years have dreamed of doing. But, Your Honor, as I understand it, the law was created to protect people from being wrong. Your Honor, whom has Isaac Sprague wronged? I mean, whom has he really hurt? Not me. Not me. I was... This man... No one has ever called me Terra before. I mean, you know, it's not a big legal point, but... Even in kindergarten, they used to call me Manlet. I never sang a song before. I mean, with someone else. I never sang a song with someone else before. This man... This man... This is a wonderful man. He made me what I am today. He did. And what of the dear ladies? What would their lives have been without Mr. Sprague? Isaac Sprague, who made them feel young and attractive and wanted again. That's all I have to say. Order! Order! 